Mix 106.3's Real Estate Show with Cam and Renee. Get moving today with Act 2 AGL. Set your energy up in a few minutes. Hi, this is Cam and Renee. Well, each Saturday between 9 and 10 a.m., we love hosting the Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. And here is what we featured in the show last weekend. Renee, as we mentioned just a few minutes ago, the uh, Real Estate Institute, the ACT, their annual awards of excellence are on tonight. Looks a little different as do most events at yep. the moment, but that is okay. Yes. We should be celebrating, and we are celebrating that we're just going ahead. Yep. Really, really important, though, that these awards are on, and I reckon more so than ever for buyers and sellers and landlords and people renting as well. Let's find out a little bit more about it. Yes, uh, we're joined by Michelle Tynan, CEO of the Real Estate Institute of the ACT. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. So just give us an overview of the awards. Uh, the Awards for Excellence is a national-based awards program for all REIs in every state and territory. So tonight in the ACT, we'll present 21 awards, and 16 of these awards will go on to the National Awards for Excellence, which hopefully will be held in June next year. So there's eight agency awards tonight and 12 individual awards, and we also have a very special award for another inductee into the REICT Hall of Fame to be presented as well. Yeah. And why does import why is it important that we have awards like this, Michelle? Well, it's really important for our profession to recognise the exceptional achievements of both agencies and individuals. Um, they continue to evolve all facets of their businesses and to provide that experience and and best outcomes for all consumers. And real estate has just changed so much in the last ten years, but the I suppose the focus for agencies now is really on um, being able to provide the best service and the best outcomes that they can for their consumers. And we want to recognise our members that that really do um, have that ethos within their businesses. Certainly changed over the last 10 years, but even just the last eight months, and Mm. as we've seen change across all sectors of business and life, really, real estate has changed as well, hasn't it? It certainly has. And and the way we do business, and I think it will change the way we do business forever. Um, And and, and our members have certainly, I suppose, in, in my mind, just adapted and innovated. I mean, we had, I think it was 48 hours to change how we actually did our businesses. And, and the way that they, um, I, I suppose, um, enhanced that and, and just took it to the next level in such a short time was just something that we can be really proud of in yeah. the industry. Agreed. Yeah, indeed. We certainly spoke to many agents um, across, you know, the past few months, the past year indeed, who've had to adapt and adapt quickly. Yep. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. Hope it goes well tonight and all the best to all the agencies who are involved in that. Thank you. Thank you so much. We look forward to a really wonderful night. Thank you. Now, um, Cam, I don't know about you, but growing up certainly at school, I had a couple of friends who were really good at origami. Oh. I never really probably took the time or, or got the hang of it myself, no. but it takes a bit of a special knack and patience, yep. I think. I love the angles and yes. I love putting a, a, a definite crease with your nail. Yes, it's very satisfying. 100%. And it's funny you should say angles because the home um, we're about to talk about has been named Angle House. All right. And it's a home in Deakin uh, that has won a very, very special award. Yep. And uh, Daniel Fitzpat- uh, Fitzpatrick is builder and owner at Mega. Laura, he's the mastermind behind all of this. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, guys. Have you ever been called a mastermind behind anything before, mate? <laughs> uh, no, it sounds a bit dubious. It? Yes. Um, hopefully it's uh, got a good connotation this time. It 100% yeah. does. Okay, mate, so tell us about this home that took out the top gong at this year's Master Builder Awards. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the client came to us um, quite a challenging block. Uh, so when we started teasing out ideas, it was just evident that there was going to be lots of angles. We've got a, a steep block that's a wedge. Um, the long boundary isn't quite north. Uh, and then when I was asking the owner for some stimulus, like what kind of things do you like, she sent me a lot of photos, probably around a thousand, something oh, like that. Hell. And um, there was a bit of a theme of um, small lot Japanese housing. And uh, I mean, the thing with those guys, uh, every square centimetre, every square millimetre counts. So they really maximise their plot. Um, and that just starts to tease out this idea of angles. And then um, it just has this nice, connotation to Japanese culture, which is that origami thing. We started talking about it, that with the owner and she was just really excited. Um, and it just was this different typology than we're used to seeing, especially in a conservative suburb like Deakin. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't so ostentatious that it was just going to be this polarising thing for the neighbourhood. So it just those kind of pieces of the puzzle came together and yeah, we just kind of moved forward from there. Yeah. And so obviously it had that origami theme. What specifically about it do you think made it stand out to be able to get this award? Well, I, I suppose that what you mentioned earlier, that um, origami, you know, that satisfaction and crispness, um, you're working with a piece of paper. Uh, so, you know, there's a minimalism to it as well. Um, and there's a technical uh, difficulty to getting that, really sharp it's precise and i think we tried to apply that to the house so um there was no point doing it and having this like clumsy effect to it where you had um big flashings hiding joints and junctions so we tried to keep everything really crisp um and when it comes to a point you know on a triangle or an angle and it's nice and crisp i think that just translates to that quality and attention to detail yeah and, and so now that people have seen this and are talking about it and we're here on air talking about it um do you reckon this is something we're likely to see more of well i cam i just think i mean we we see it trends emerge from um display homes right back through to you know the sidler and boyd years when they produced those modernist houses in Australia and that, that became the uptake uh, and that flows through and I think we're seeing um, right down to those project home level that people really want this bit of tailored um, housing to them and that mightn't be a Japanese aesthetic mm. but it's just this idea that something's a bit handmade, that something's had some care and I mean the interesting part of that is we have this idea which um, I'm sure will happen, but this idea that we're going to have 3D printed houses and mass-produced uh, items, and and that's a great thing for certain areas, but I think uh, we see it across the board. I mean, this handmade nature to yep. things, people are really crying out for that. So yep. I think, um, yeah, it mightn't necessarily be that it's, it's going to be overwhelmed with, oh, we really like a Japanese aesthetic, but it's just that idea that my house is created with some care. Yep. I think people yeah. really resonate that. and coronavirus has really accelerated that. I mean, people are staying home so much. Mm. They want to be in an environment that they feel like, oh, this is really nice. Mm. I, I, I just like that detail over there, and that was worth the effort, you know. So yeah. I think that's coming through right through um, all housing at the moment. Yep, absolutely. Well, you've done a fantastic job, Daniel. Congratulations um, for all your work with this and, and very well deserved. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks, guys. Have a nice day. You too. Uh, Daniel Fitzpatrick, builder and owner of Mega Flora.
rates reform and the phasing out of stamp duty, of course, we know has been you know much talked about issue in Canberra for the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically comes down to a more stable and predictable system of tax collection versus, in many cases, the shock of comparing a quarterly rates notice in 2020 versus what we were paying in 2016, and the numbers are vastly different, Indeed, right? Indeed, yes. Um, so on Tuesday this week, the New South Wales government announced that the phasing out of stamp duty will be also taking place. Now, for our audience in the capital region, um, we think this is important uh, and and very well worth learning more about. So we're going to uh, invite uh, the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales CEO, Tim McKibben, to the show. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Renee. Nice to uh, speak to you. Yeah, thanks so much for, for coming on, Tim. Now, what was the announcement that was made through the week? So, so the the announcement, I guess, if we start back to why the government is identifying housing affordability as a problem. So they're saying if we reduce stamp duty, or in, in this case, they're suggesting abolishing it and replacing with the land tax, that's going to remove some of the costs for getting into the property. Um, my concern with all of this is that we are um, trading a bad property tax for another bad property tax in the in the view that this is going to fix all that uh, ails our property market in New South Wales. And, and certainly I don't think that's the case. They're, they're looking at uh, or arguing that the land tax is a broad-based tax. Now, um, it is a broad-based tax if you compare it with stamp duty, but it's not a broad-based tax because it only applies to um, to land. So, so I think um, we need we need to look at all transactions, all assets within our economy, within New South Wales, and and look to do, look to raise the necessary tax revenue more broadly than just property. Now, by way of some example, and it is only an example, you can buy shares, you can hold shares, and you can do that without some incurring any costs whatsoever, any tax whatsoever. It's just the roof over your head that is the solitary target. Okay. And, and so, you know, no doubt that you'll be either have or will be going back to New South Wales government with your thoughts uh, and, and your comments there. What do you expect them to say to that? Yeah, well, let's, um, let's have a, firstly have a look at what they've done. They announced that there was a consultation period starting in March next year, and then they announced that they were going to replace stamp duty with land tax. Now, that has sent the market into uh, a a great amount of uncertainty. So people are saying now, do I buy property today at auction or or, or what do I do? So they've made it very clear that this is is where they're headed with um, with stamp duty um, and land tax for that matter. But what they haven't made clear is it is is only a proposal at this stage. So um, there would be very, very few people in the community, and I suppose you could comment to this, that um, that know that it is only a proposal. And if it is to go ahead, it will only go ahead towards the latter end of, uh, of next year. Okay, so right. there's still so a while away. That is probably the major problem we're facing right now, the uncertainty in the market. The market is, is potentially going to go into a freeze mode Okay. Okay. Well, ideally, Tim, what would you like to see happen? Um, well, I, I think there is a, a multitude of ways that we can um, 
solve the tax problem. Now, I'm not suggesting at any stage that government become more efficient and that, and that sort of thing. I, I think that's a whole separate conversation. But one of the suggestions that has been put forward is that instead of paying the stamp duty uh, here and now as one lump, that you would pay it off over time. So you can see that that is not um, different to what we're talking about with, with a land tax. What we're saying is, if it, you know, if it was uh, uh, so many thousands of dollars, you pay it off over five or ten years, and that debt would run to the land. So that's, that is one option. The other option I think that needs to be fully explored is to look at um, the, the tax base right across all three levels of government. So, so from um, local government, state government and federal government. And property is the only tax that gets applied to all three levels of government. Yeah. And this is something that's not well known. Um, when we talk about affordability... 40% of the price that the consumer pays for the final product, the, the, the house that they buy, the brand new house, is taxes and charges, yep. 40%. Sounds a bit like so fuel, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. All right, mate, uh, well, uh, no doubt this is a conversation. I mean, you sit here and speak to you about this for hours. Mm. Um, we'll keep an eye on this and uh, with you know, as those developments happen. And as you say, this is only a proposal at the moment. We'd love you to come back to us and just keep us informed. As we said, our audience in the capital region is vast, so it's important that we know. Thank you, Tim. No worries. Pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Tim McKibben, who's the CEO of the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales. Those are the interviews we most enjoyed in last week's Mix 106.3 Real Estate Show. Yeah, if you love hearing about the latest trends or you're up for a sticky beat, drop by for a listen this Saturday between 9 and 10am. Thanks to Actu AGL, it's the Real Estate Show with Cam and Renee on Mix 106.3.